0: To recovery Step by step
1: Everybody, welcome to the Fort Lauderdale Primary Purpose Big Book Study Group. To prepare for our Big Book Study, let's get focused by having a three minute moment of silent meditation, followed by the fog light prayer.
2: Good evening, everyone. I'm a recovered alcoholic, and my name is Rob.
1: Hi, and I'm a recovered alcoholic, my name is Chris.
2: Hey, Chris. Thanks for joining us tonight. We're going to start the meditation in a minute, so please take a moment to get situated. Please turn off all devices that make noise or will distract others for the duration
1: of the meeting. The coffee area will be closed for this portion of the meeting so as to minimize distractions. And if you could also please refrain from disturbing others by talking or constantly getting up and sitting back down.
2: For the meditation, some suggestions are to focus on your breath and posture. Breathe in God and breathe out self. Take this time to get reconnected to God. Let the craziness of your day drift away and ask God to help you focus
1: on the study tonight. So now if everybody's ready, we'll go ahead and bring the lights down and start our meditation. See you guys in three minutes.
2: for the fog light prayer if you don't know it you might find it on the table in front of you or just repeat after us we're gonna do the me version god god let let your your love shine shine through me me, like like a a fog light light, so so those who are lost sick and dying
1: can find find your love through me. me and at this meeting at this group we have a secretary that secretary is tanisha i'd like to invite her up for the report
3: My name is Tanisha, and I'm your recovered alcoholic secretary. What's up, Tanisha? In keeping with the seven tradition, which states every group shall be fully self supporting, declining outside contributions, the baskets are now going around. And I've asked Brittany to read the recovery statement.
4: Welcome, Brittany.
3: We read this notice to explain why many people in this group identify as recovered rather than recovering and what it exactly means to be a recovered alcoholic.
5: Everybody, Brittany, alcoholic. Hey, Brittany. Recovered. We are not cured of alcoholism. Recovered, but not cured. That presents a conflict to some alcoholics. If we were cured, we would be able to drink responsibly. No, we are not cured. The allergic reaction to alcohol will remain with us for our lifetime. But we have been restored to sanity. That was the problem. The main problem of alcoholic centers in his mind rather than in the body. We are now seeing where alcohol is concerned. Consequently, we have recovered.
3: Thank you, Brittany. Nineteen forty style big book sponsorship from forward to second edition, Alcoholics Anonymous. Of alcoholics who came to AA really tried, 50% got sobered at once and remained that way. 25% sobered up after some relapses. And among the remainder, those who stayed on with AA showed improvement. What we've seen, felt, came to believe, and experiences that God has not changed over time and neither should the sacred approach back to his loving arms. The statistics above suggest a 75% success rate. In the back, we have CDs, mugs, large print big books, the little red books, and big book dictionaries for sale. Jeff is back there ready to make a deal. (laughs) We meet every Monday promptly at 7.15 p.m., but some of us show up at 5.30 to give service and help set up. And some of us show up also and remain for a fellowship at 630. And we ask that you be courteous and ready to begin at the Road to Recovery tune. See you next week.
2: From the forward to the first edition of Alcoholics Anonymous, we of Alcoholics Anonymous are more than 100 men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. To show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book, and of this group
1: from there is a solution also from the big book the tremendous fact for every one of us is that we have discovered a common solution we have a way out on which we can absolutely agree and upon which we can join in brotherly and harmonious action this is the great news this book carries to those who suffer from alcoholism
2: this is an open meeting and as such all who have an interest in alcoholism and our program of recovery are welcome because this is an open meeting you need not identify yourself nor your reason for being here if you do not wish to do so Your anonymity will be protected. We ask that you protect ours.
1: And on the topic of anonymity, this meeting is actually going to be podcast on the World Wide Web. So if you don't want your voice heard on the Internet, just disguise it or pass that microphone when the time comes for the question and answer.
2: We had a pretty awesome, what was that, Russian accent last week?
1: Yeah, I don't know what that was. It was something that sounded, yeah, (laughs) Eastern Eastern European.
2: (laughs) Can we have a show of hands of people joining us for the first time? All right, welcome. Do you want to introduce yourself by name? Travis, alcoholic. Hey, Travis. Hey, Travis. Welcome. Uh, Joey, hey, Joey. Emma, hey, alcoholic. Hey, Emma. Hey, <laughs> Brittany. welcome. And can we also have a show of hands of recovered alcoholics? All right. If you uh, are new here, you might want to find one of these people with their hands up that have gone down this journey and can show you the way.
1: While this is an open meeting, membership in this group is limited to those who wish to recover from alcoholism and have a desire to stop drinking for good and all. Each member of Alcoholics Anonymous is a potential sponsor of a new member and should clearly recognize the obligations and duties of such a responsibility.
2: Does anyone need a big book? Did you get by the greeting staff without grabbing one? Job greeters.
1: And uh, before we begin our study of the big book, we didn't actually review our... Do we have a traditionist this week? No. Okay, so... Group Our
2: traditions are in transition. Nice. So I'm confident it's going to be...
1: What? Are you flowing, dog?
2: Yo, yo, give me a beat. All right. Uh, I'm confident that uh, we're going to be able to have our traditions next week and we'll get it all worked out. So I know that's why everyone comes to this meeting. So uh, just stay tuned next week.
1: In order to help us stay focused as we study the Big Book, we use the Big Book Study Guide prepared by Joe and Charlie and Krusty Cliff of the Dallas Primary Purpose Group. Uh, Tonight our reader is going to be Barry, so if you would join me in welcoming Barry on up to the stage. All right, Barry.
2: (laughs) All right, after the page is read, we're going to ask questions from the podium, starting back at the top of XV, or actually the bottom of XV in uh, the abridged version, and I think it is... X-I-X in the big fatty. Um, the, an- the questions, and then we're going to do the answers, will be one sentence unless otherwise specified. And multi-part questions are simply a one-sentence answer split up by commas, semicolons, hyphens, and other fun bits of punctuation.
1: Basically, in English, what that means is that we're going to read the material once through and then re-dissect the information a second time through the question and answer format. Notice how the language in the questions gives us a new light in which to consider the study material.
2: This is important because reading, uh, hearing the question and rereading the content offers a definite way of comprehending the material covered. After we've completed the page, we open up for comments, questions, observations, uh, based on what was just read. If you have spiritual experiences with this information, you are free to share.
1: However, Big Book Study is not therapy. Should you begin discussing topics which are more appropriately shared in a different setting, i.e. sponsorship, please do not be offended when Mike S. cuts that conversation short. For that purpose, we have fellowship meetings before and after our study time.
2: He's really good at it, too, i got to yes, say. He's a gentleman. Yes. <laughs> you can never go wrong by commenting on the page. This brings us to the words of one of our co-founders of Alcoholics Anonymous. Sobriety, freedom from alcohol through the teaching and practice of the 12 steps is the sole purpose of any Alcoholics Anonymous group.
1: And uh, we didn't just pick up on page XV today, tonight, did we? We, we actually started a, a couple weeks ago on page zero.
2: That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, so should we, should we, uh, we recap a bit. Yeah, so uh we we've gone over the preface, uh the 4 to the 1st uh, edition and now we're in the 4 to the 2nd edition. So in this we're getting the introduction to alcoholics anonymous, how it came to be, some of the early history and uh, some of the early statistics as the uh you know, group started with the Oxford Group program and then, you know, the the printing of this book and going into circulation in 1939 and how that really Enabled the Alcoholics Anonymous movement to take off, and and uh, you know all the uh, great stories along the way that has given us more exposure, and and uh, you know the forward to the second edition. We were just talking about the 150,000 recovered alcoholics by the by the 16 year update, which is what the forward to the second edition is. So uh, pretty crazy, uh, bright new light in the world of the alcoholic, and uh, we're uh, going to wrap up the forward to the second edition tonight, and uh, maybe if we're lucky, get into the next one.
1: So why don't we start then on the top of XIV, where it says, uh, well, in the spring of 1940. You see that paragraph there on XIV in the forward to the second edition, where it says, in the spring of 1940, John D. Yeah? Okay. And Barry, take us away. Hi, I'm a recovered alcoholic. My name
4: is Barry. What's up, Barry? In the spring of 1940, John D. Rockefeller Jr. gave a dinner for many of his friends, to which he invited AA members to tell their stories. News of this got on the world wires. Inquiries poured in again, and many people went to the bookstores to get the book, Alcoholics Anonymous. By March 1941, the membership had shot up to 2,000. Then Jack Alexander wrote a feature article in the Saturday Evening Post and placed such a compelling picture of AA before the general public that alcoholics in need of help really deluged us. By the close of 1941, AA numbered 8,000 members. The mushrooming process was in full swing. AA, AA had become a national institution. Our society then entered a fearsome and exciting adolescent period. The test that it faced was this. Could these large numbers of erstwhile erratic alcoholics successfully meet and work together? Would there be quarrels over membership, leadership, and money? Would there be strivings for power and prestige? Would there be schisms which would split AA apart? Soon, AA was beset by these very problems on every side and in every group. But out of this frightening and at first disrupting experience, a conviction grew that AAs had to hang together or die separately. We had to unify our fellowship or pass off the scene. As we discovered the principles by which the individual alcoholic could live, so we had to evolve principles by which the AA groups and AA as a whole could survive and function effectively. It was thought that no alcoholic man or woman could be excluded from our society, that our leaders might serve but never govern, that each group was to be autonomous and there was to be no professional class of therapy. There were to be no fees or dues. Our expenses were to be met by our own voluntary contributions. There was to be the least possible organization, even in our service centers. Our public relations were to be based upon attraction rather than promotion. It was decided that all members ought to be autonomous at the level of press, radio, TV, and films. And in no circumstances should we give endorsements, make alliances, or enter public controversies. This was the substance of AA's 12 traditions, which are stated in full on page 561 of this book. Though none of these principles had the force of rules or laws, they had become so widely accepted by 1950 that they were confirmed by our first international conference held at Cleveland. Today, the remarkable unity of AA is one of the greatest assets that our society has. While the internal difficulties of our adolescent... Being ironed out, public acceptance of AA grew by leaps and bounds. For this, there were two principal reasons: the large numbers of recoveries and reunited homes. They're made, sorry, these made their impressions everywhere of alcoholics who came in to AA and really tried. Fifty percent got sober at once and remained that way. Twenty-five percent sobered up after some relapses, and among the remainder, those who stayed on with AA showed improvement. Other thousands came to a few AA meetings, and at first they didn't want the program. But great numbers of these, about two out of three, began to return as time passed. Another reason for the wide acceptance of AA was administration of friends, friends in medicine, religion, and the press, together with innumerable others who became our able and persistent advocates. Without such support, AA could have made only the slowest progress. Some of the recommendations of AA's early medical and religious friends will be found further on in this book. Alcoholics Anonymous is not a religious organization. Neither does AA take any particular medical point of view, though we cooperate widely with the men of medicine as well as with the men of religion. Alcohol being no respecter of persons, we are an accurate cross-section of America, and in distant lands, the same democratic evening-up process is now going on. By personal religious affiliation, we include Catholics, Protestants, Jews, Hindus, and a sprinkling of Muslims and Buddhists. More than 15% of us are women. At present, our membership is pyramiding at the rate of about 20% a year. So far, upon the total problem of several million actual and potential alcoholics in the world, we have made only a scratch. In all probability, we shall never be able to touch more than a fair, fair, fair fraction of the alcohol problem in all its ramifications. Upon therapy for the alcoholic himself, we surely have no monopoly. It is our great hope that all those who have... have as yet found, no answer may begin to find one in the pages of this book, and will presently join us on the high road to a new
1: freedom. All right, and that's, uh, that's where we'll begin our study now. We'll begin the, the question and answer format on XV. Can so. I ask the questions? Sure. Awesome. Yes. Let me, just show me what page we're on, and Great. I'll... Great. <laughs> sure. I get excited here. Okay. I accidentally closed my big book here. Okay, got it. All right, so I'm going to bring the microphone to you. Rob's going to ask a question.
2: All right. What was happening as we were learning how to overcome our internal difficulties?
6: While the internal difficulties of our adolescent period were being ironed out, public acceptance of AA grew by leaps and bounds.
2: What were the two main reasons for public
7: acceptance? For this, there were, there were two principal reasons. The large numbers of recoveries and um, of reunited homes.
2: Were people impressed?
1: Good. I'm not
2: alone. It's uh, X. <laughs> we started on the very last line of XV.
1: Yeah. So now we'll be on XVI in the, the skinny in the skinny one, uh, the fat one. The it's going to be. version is XIX <X-X2>
2: X-X. into XX. Okay. Nineteen and twenty. So, we are now on Were People Impressed, which is found in the fourth line of XVI in the small one. Wow.
8: These made their impressions everywhere.
2: As a general statement, what percentage of alcoholics who were willing to try the program found sobriety?
5: Of alcoholics who came to AA and really tried 50% sober at once and remained that way. sobered up after some relapses, and among the remainder, those who stayed on with AA showed improvement.
2: There's a note in the book that says, are we seeing that level of success today, and why not? All right, what did thousands of alcoholics do?
8: Other thousands came to a few AA meetings and at first decided they didn't want the program.
2: What did great numbers of these folks finally do?
8: But great
6: numbers of these folks, <clears throat> about two out of three, began to return as time passed.
2: Some Next paragraph. What was another reason for the acceptance of AA?
7: Another reason for the wide acceptance of AA was the ministrations of friends, friends in medicine, religion, and press. Together, are memorable others who became our able and persistent advocates.
2: Was this support important to the early growth of AA?
3: Without such support, AA could have o- could have made it only the slowest progress.
2: Where can we find some of the recommendations made by early A- early supporters of AA?
9: Some of the recommendations of AA's early medical and religious friends will be found further on in this book.
2: It's like Peter's first time here. I think. Next paragraph is Alcoholics Anonymous a religious movement?
6: Alcoholics Anonymous is not a religious organization.
2: Thank God. Uh, next one is a two part question Does AA have a particular point of view and with which two professional fields does AA cooperate?
10: Neither does AA take any particular medical point of view, though we co- cooperate widely with the men of medicine as well as men of religion.
2: Uh, next paragraph. Is alcoholism more prevalent in particular segments of society, origins, cultures, etc.?
10: Alcohol being no respective person, we are an accurate cross section of America and in a distant lands.
2: All right. All right. What religion, religious affiliations did a, find AA acceptable?
11: By personal religious affiliations we include Catholics, Protestants, Jews, Hindus, and the sprinkling of Muslims and Buddhists.
2: Do women make up a reasonable percentage of the AA membership?
11: More than fifteen percent of us are women.
2: <laughs> I just I just did a count in this room we're about forty percent. So next paragraph. Oh, uh, <coughs>
6: At what rate is AA growing? At present, our membership is permitting at the rate of about 20% a year.
2: Uh, comment says, here we will find discrepancies ranging from 7 to 20%. All right. Has AA made a significant impact on the many alcoholics in our world?
12: So far, upon the total problem of several million actual and potential alcoholics in the world,
2: we have made only a scratch. Does AA hope someday to completely solve the alcoholic problem?
12: In all probability, we shall never be able to touch more than the fair fraction of alcoholic problem and all its
2: ramifications. Does AA claim to have the only solution for alcoholism?
7: Upon therapy for the alcoholic himself, we surely have no monopoly.
2: And we will finish it off with a three-parter. What is the great hope of Alcoholics Anonymous? Where is this hope to be found? And they will then do what?
6: Yet it is our great hope that all those who have yet found no answer may begin to find one in the pages of this book and will presently join us on the high road to a new freedom.
2: All right. (laughs) All right, so these pages, uh, anything in the fourth to second edition really open for comment here? Questions? Experience?
6: Hey, I'm Ryan. I'm an alcoholic. Hey, hey Ryan. Ryan. Um, and there's one thing I just want to uh, touch on real quick. Um, the statistics that we read at the top of page XVI um, of alcoholics who came to AA and really tried, 50% got sober at once and remained that way. 25% sobered up after some relapses. Among the remainder of those who sta- stayed on with AA showed improvement. Um, we read these before every meeting uh, in the Secretary's report also. Um and I just wanted to point out that these are these statistics come from uh Clarence Slater's Cleveland Big Book style sponsorship success. Um so that's just you know uh one alcoholic working with another alcoholic going through this book um and having a dependence upon God. Um so it's not, you know, meeting makers make it or service keeps you sober or any of that. It's it's this book. Uh not the nineteen ninety. Um <laughs> So, yeah, that's all I just wanted to talk about real quick. So, thanks.
1: Awesome. Thanks for thanks sharing. Thanks, man. Yeah, I can, uh, I can flap my arms a bunch, but that doesn't make me a bird, does it?
8: <laughs> Hi, a recovered alcoholic named Kelly. Kelly. Hey, Kelly. I'd like to touch on the end where it says, Yet it is our great hope that all those who have as yet found no answer may begin to find one in the pages of this book and will presently join us on the high road to a new freedom. You know, I've watched many people try to find answers, their own answers, their own way. And I even tried to find my own answers, my own way, because I was the one that came to Alcoholics Anonymous, and I didn't really try. And I didn't succeed, but I came back again, and I really tried, and I've succeeded so far as of today. And I just love that in 1930, when did they write the forward to the... 1955. They had the ability to look at this and say, "Go ahead out there, try it your way. And if you can't find the answer, come on back and try it. And hopefully, we can help you find freedom and a you know a happy road to a new destiny. It works.
2: Amen.
1: Thank you. Sure. We got anybody that's part of this 25% that uh, sobered up after some relapses. Right, cause I know that was all right. <laughs> now, uh, anyone want to want to share on that? Anyone want to tell us? I know that was my that was my experience as well. You know, I went to to a couple of hundred AA meetings before I actually got this thing. And yeah, welcome to the 25% as a friend of mine likes to say.
11: Hi, Recovered Alcoholic Mike Chase. Hey, Mike Chase. The uh, statistics on page XVI, because I I think that's really interesting to point out. Um, First of all and foremost, these were people who identified and actually were alcoholics. You know, they, they, they were very, first things they did was qualify them so they were alcoholics. So one alcoholic working with another gives an ability to connect and pass on a solution. Um, so it's important that we have alcoholics working with alcoholics in the first place. Um, 50% got sober at once. Oh, here's a go. of alcoholics who came to a and really tried. So I came in in 2004 to get out of trouble, to lay low, to just bypass until everybody forgot I was an alcoholic and I go back to drinking and without people catching me. And then in 2005, that worked out so well. I came from a, de- a, a psych ward slash detox into the rooms and I- I, I remember walking down Victoria Park Boulevard with my bag of dirty clothes, socks, and because I only lived like a half a mile away from the psych ward, mental hospital, um, resort. And um, I went to that meeting, and I was 100% to my heart, I don't ever want to live like this. I heard some messages in, in the detox. Like, so I went running back to my downtown dry dock, and, and I immediately really tried. I I got a service commitment. And I really tried at that service commitment. I did really great, you know. And then I made a commitment to do the 90 and 90. And I really tried at that 90 and 90 and stuff, you know. And then I also was put back into alternate general service rep, which I was really good. I really, I was really, I did more than really tried at that, you know. And I was fellowshipping. And I I mean, I I really tried to like 180%. I was doing 180% of the stuff that these people were giving to me that wasn't the program found in the book of Alcoholics Anonymous. No one pulled me aside, talked to me, approached me, qualified me, and said, hey, listen, all this stuff that we hear about the fellowship and that stuff, that's good, fun stuff. But it's not the program that we're going to find in the book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Why don't we just shut up and sit down and read the book with me and we'll bring you through the book? And, but no one did that. I was doing the middle-of-the-road contemporary fellowship Keeps you sober service. Keeps you sober stuff. And that's not what they're talking about here. If I had, I think if somebody had come to me in that moment when I was ready. You know, in 2004, I would have laughed at the guy with the duct tape. Said, get away from here, You're weird. Because I didn't really want to do it. But in 2005, I wanted this. I really, really wanted this. But I went into one of those rooms where it's a bunch of P. Double H.D.s. Problem heavy hard drinkers that were staying sober on the fellowship. And it almost killed me. So luckily, somebody, you know, a few years later threw the book at me. But. If you haven't done the work, don't say you haven't tried it. Don't say you've done it. Mm. You know, how many people come to the rooms and do it and don't do anything and say, well, that A.A. AH don't work, you know? <laughs> because you didn't do A.A. stuff. And uh, I'm a proud member of the 25% Club, by the way. Thanks. Thanks
4: for sharing. All right. We got a Barry up front. I'm a recovered alcoholic. My name is Barry. Hey, Barry. And uh, also a member of the 25% Club. Um, you know, and, and there is... A clear distinction between you know the benefits to this program and what is keeping me alive you know the only reason I'm sober today is a trust and reliance upon God and the you know the incredible thing that I, I connected with a true alcoholic sponsor like myself who took me through the book and not a watered down version you know the way that it was meant to be and that is that. That's what keeps me alive. You know, the fellowship, the service commitments are a supplemental benefit to, to it all. But without a sponsor who holds me accountable to the four absolutes, without that nightly inventory, without, you know, the the exact way that an alcoholic was intended to be brought through this book, you know, I wouldn't be here to be a part of, you know, the fellowship and, and those benefits. And that's something I'm incredibly grateful for. And I was, you know, I was speaking to my parents Last night, and both of them are, are non-alcoholics, you know, non-addicts full of love and support in every way they can. And, um, you know, we recently lost someone, a member of this fellowship, a very talented individual whose mother was also non-alcoholic. And I was trying to uh, tell them, you know, a non-alcoholic, you know, with all the love in the world is not going to keep somebody alive. It's, it's that strict exact way to be brought through the book and a trust and reliance upon God that's going to allow them to, to flourish within this fellowship. Um, so it's unfortunate, but, you know, conveying that message to my parents, you know, all the love in the world is not going to keep me alive. Unless I do the things that my sponsor holds me to, you know, accountable for, um, you know, there's nothing. So just incredibly grateful for that and the fact that I found that relationship, and uh, grateful for all of you. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for sharing.
1: All right, we got Peter.
9: Hi, recovered alcoholic, Peter. Hey, Peter. hey, Peter. Um, I love the synopsis of the um the traditions here on um XV. Um, and you know, before that, like where they talk about our society entered a fearsome and exciting adolescent period. Absolutely, you know, here where you know here were like these men and a and a sprinkling of women you know trying this thing out and and um you know there were so many power struggles so many different ideas on how this program um should flourish and and um be brought to other people and which people um and you know it was through all of this grappling and and groping and 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 arguing and bickering that we figured out like you know we needed some kind of basis for the groups you know, to sustain themselves, you know, um, worldwide. And the, and there, there um, came the development of the 12 traditions. Um, so, you know, this was hard-fought stuff. Um, and, you know, I guess by 1950, as it says, widely accepted by 1950, they were confirmed in our first international conference held at Cleveland. You know, thank God for the traditions. You know, they're so important to the fellowship is because... That's what really, you know, that's b- besides, you know, like alcohol, um, that's what binds the groups, you know, together in that unity um, to continue to carry the message to every single alcoholic, not just Catholics, not just Protestants, you know, but the Hindus and Jews, too. Thank you. Mm-hmm.
2: Thanks, Thanks for, for sharing. sharing. Yeah, I was, uh, I'm part of the, the 50% that got sober at once and, and remained that way. And, and I got to say, it's it's... Sometimes made me feel different, um, which is not good for an alcoholic like me um, than the other people in the fellowship. And, and I can remember early on in my recovery having a talk with my sponsor about it. And, you know, I'm seeing all these people go in and out or out and not come back in and, you know, hearing about all these relapses. And, you know, I, I don't know what it is, but I guess it was that feeling of, you know, being different where I just asked my sponsor, like, you know maybe relapse should be part of my story you know just what a weird thing to say right <laughs> um and and he's like and i didn't know this at the time he was a a white chip wonder or a first nighter is what we called it back home and um he's like relapse doesn't have to be part of your recovery you know and it's, and it's not for a lot of people um and it's okay if relapse is a part of your story and and you know people can relate to that because there's a lot of people where it is but for me um you know I think I got to AA at the right time. You know, I didn't get here because of the courts. I didn't get here because of a spouse or a loved one that thought I needed to be here. I got here when the pain in my soul was so great that I couldn't continue living the way I was living anymore. And when I got here, I got here with that gift, gift of desperation. And it says, really tried. Like, everything you threw at me, every suggestion that you had, I did it, you know, because I didn't want to feel the way that I felt anymore. And uh, luckily for me, I had some good people that were guiding me and saying, all right, cool. Like, you know, I got connected with this young group of people in in, uh, my hometown of Maryland that were like making AA look attractive. You know, they were like doing the service. They were involved in intergroup and general service and they were doing all these events and they were, you know, uh, fellowshipping with each other and doing all this. But they were also on fire about the program and the steps And they were encouraging me to get into the book and get a sponsor and get recovered so that I could join them and, you know, spreading the the message of recovery to other people. And uh, I'm really grateful that, that those, um, you know, those people were there when I first came in and I just took those simple suggestions. You know, it's funny. I I share about it from time to time. In my very first meeting there was a guy that gave me, you know, I got like this cutesy little and when that had all the meetings on it and everybody wrote their phone number on the back and, but there was a guy that reached out to me. I remember it like r- right after the meeting. he came up to me and gave me a big hug. I guess it was obvious it was my first day there and my first day sober and uh, He had this big puffy redskins jacket and i 'm a Redskins fan, so I was immediately drawn to him. but uh, you know he 's like, you know here 's my number, and it was on the the thing, but he gave it to me again and he said if you if you feel like drinking or you just need to talk, just give me a call you know and i 'm one of the weird newcomers like i 've probably given my number to." Countless people in the program, and uh, it's very seldom that anyone ever calls. But I was one of the weird ones. I was like, "Look, man, it's like day five. I'm going crazy in my room. I'm just staring at the ceiling. I can't sleep. I haven't slept in days. Like, help, you know." And he came and scooped me up in his in his car with his sponsor, who they were just happen to go for a drive and smoke cigars. And you know, just followed the suggestions, got into the book with the sponsor, and did exactly what it said in this book, and. Uh, you know, there's another book by one of the archivists of AA, uh, spirituality of imperfection, where he, you know, talks about a lot of different spiritual programs, and and specifically has a whole uh, section of the book devoted to AA. And you know, there was a, a letter in there that he found, and I think it might have been a letter from Bill to, it might have been Clarence or one of the other early Ohio startup meetings, where he's sharing his experience of these recovery rates and the things that they were doing differently in New York that maybe weren't serving them as well as the people that were doing it in Ohio. And one of the things that he said is like the Ohio groups are having a lot of success because they are staying focused on the spiritual program of action And, uh, you know, here in New York, we, we've really been focused on like the altruistic, like helping each other through service, but we've kind of pussyfooted around the whole God idea. And he's like, they're having a lot more success in Ohio because of that. And he's just trying to give them that, um, you know, to get them started off on the right foot. And and thank God I had those people that, that went before me that encouraged me to do the same thing with my recovery. So, uh, one of the things that I heard early on a speaker say, you know, in regards to that, you know, this 50% that got sober at once and. And all the promises that we make, like, hey, if you're here today and you do this program to the best of your ability each and every day, you never have to drink again. Like, the reason that we can make those promises is that it's a spiritual program and God doesn't fail. I fail all the time. But as long as I uh, put one foot in front of the next and do what's in this book, uh, I still haven't found a a need to drink almost seven years later. So
1: it's pretty cool stuff. It sure is. We, uh, we got a page 43 that says it's the abridged doctor's opinion. It says, as the two of you men whose stories I've heard, there's no doubt that you were 100% hopeless apart from divine help. So they're talking about being 100% hopeless apart from divine help. This is a doctor, a non-alcoholic, not even a religious person, saying that the two people that founded this group were 100% hopeless apart from divine help. So for me, as the real deal alcoholic, I need a, I need a strong solution. I need the real deal strong cup of coffee and and i'm just so grateful for uh for mike chase and everyone else here at this meeting just keeping uh keeping it pure keeping the message simple and and straight out of the book
2: yeah yeah i either need a lot of liquor or a lot of god to feel okay with myself and and liquor doesn't work anymore and god's way better so we got anybody else that wants to share here
1: i think we got one
12: tanner the manor (laughs) recovered alcoholic my name's tanner i hope that catches on all right go ahead um (laughs) i got to say the times that I've came in in the past three years, I've been – I've, I've really, I really wanted it when I was, you know, back in 2016, 2017, 18. And uh, the fact that I didn't have the right guidance, I didn't have, you know, people – this is my first time that a sponsor has actually taken me through the book from cover to cover previous times i've read this, i've read that, here's your four step packet and good luck, you know. uh but it uh, kind of sucks that you know what i mean? come in here and you, you really want it and, and then you got a bunch of people that are <clears throat> that aren't that aren't in the book and you want to do what they want to do but you can't because you're miserable and you don't know what to do. and uh I got to say, I'm very, very grateful for uh, this time around for my sponsor, and the fact that really, when I, I <clears throat> this time around, uh, really trying and, and and being honest and and honestly, like bringing out the things that I used to think that uh, were insignificant. But um, it's it's crazy. It's only it's only been almost six months now, and you know what I mean. My family doesn't have to. You know, they don't have to worry about me, you know. I call them all the time. Uh, financial insecurities have gone away. You know, my mind is not a, you know, squirrel cage going around and around and around. You know what I mean? I can actually concentrate and focus, and it's just the gifts of this program are amazing. It's, it's unbelievable. I, I never, I'm doing things that I never thought I'd be able to do, you know. Just five and a half, six months ago, I was in a hotel room, you know what I mean, peeking out the windows and, drinking and drugging myself to death so it's it's definitely a gift
2: so thank you for letting me share
1: awesome. thanks for sharing
2: glad you made it back Absolutely. as a mentor in this program that uh, used to tell me this is not a program for people who need it it's not a program for people who want it it's a program for people who do it and uh, you get you get out of it what you put in so that always kind of stuck with me anyone else want to share uh on these pages or forward to the second or we can get into some Third and fourth edition, muckety muck. <laughs> <laughs> all right,
1: so, all right. So we'll we'll take it back to the podium. Then for, and don't we say uh, you can read these on your own time? We're gonna we're gonna skip over them or something, or are we actually gonna read them? <laughs> Do you say that? I don't know. That's what I heard. That's a, maybe a rumor. Blasphemy! I just yeah. heard some people gasping in the uh, <laughs> in the audience here. <laughs> yeah. I I'm only following orders. Don't. <laughs>
2: Uh, Very cool. <laughs> let's, uh, let's just pick it up in uh, the 4 to the 3rd edition here. Okay.
4: Still Barry, still recovered alcoholic. What up, Still this Barry? This 4 to the 3rd edition. By March 1976, when this edition went to the printer, the total worldwide membership of Alcoholics Anonymous was conservatively estimated at more than 1 million. With almost 28,000 groups meeting in over 90 countries. Surveys of groups in the United States and Canada indicate that AA is reaching out not not only to more and more people, but to a wider and wider range. Women now make up more than one-fourth of the membership. Among newer members, the proportion is nearly one-third. Seven percent of the AAs surveyed are less than 30 years of age, among them many in their teens. The basic principles of the AA program, it appears, hold good for individuals with many different lifestyles, just as the program has brought recovery to those of many different nationalities. Twelve steps that summarize the program may be called Los Doce Pasos in one country, Les Dues Etapes in another, but they trace exactly to the same path to recovery that was blazed by the earliest members of Alcoholics Anonymous. In spite of the great increase in the size and the span of this fellowship, at its core it remains as simple and personal. Each day, somewhere in the world, recovery begins when one alcoholic talks with another alcoholic, sharing experience, strength, and hope.
1: I didn't know Barry was
2: trilingual. Yeah, I'm impressed.
1: (laughs) Should we we forward to the fourth edition? Let's do it. Carry on. Forward to the fourth edition.
4: This fourth edition of Alcoholics Anonymous came off press in November 2001 at the start of a new millennium. Since the third edition was published in 1976, worldwide membership of AA has just about doubled. To an estimated two million or more, with nearly one hundred eight thousand, one hundred eight, one hundred eight hundred thousand groups, yeah, you know, uh, meeting in a meeting in approximately one hundred fifty countries around the world. Literature has played a major role in AA's growth, and a striking phenomenon of the past quarter century has been the explosion of translations of our basic literature into many languages and dialects. In country after country, where the AA seed was planted, it has taken root, slowly at first, then growing by leaps and bounds when literature has become available. Currently, Alcoholics Anonymous has been translated into 43 languages. As a message of recovery has reached larger numbers of people, it has also touched the lives of a vastly greater variety of suffering alcoholics. When the phrase, we are people who normally would not mix, page 17 of this book, was written in 1939, it referred to a fellowship composed largely of men and a few women, with quite similar social, ethnic, and economic backgrounds. Like so much of AA's basic text, those words have proved to be far more visionary than the founding members could ever have imagined. The stories added to this edition represent a membership whose characteristics of age, gender, race, and culture have widened and have deepened to encompass virtually everyone the first hundred members could have hoped to reach. While our our literature has preserved the integrity of the AA message, sweeping changes in society as a whole are reflected in new customs and practices within the fellowship. Taking advantage of technological advances, for example, AA members with computers can participate in meetings online, sharing with fellow alcoholics across the country or around the world. In any meeting, anywhere, AAs share experience, strength, and hope with each other in order to stay sober and help other alcoholics. Modem to modem, or face to face, AAs speak the language of the heart in all its power and simplicity.
1: Mm. Beautiful. Should we Q&A it? Yeah. You want me to run? No, I'll run. All right. Unless you want to. No, it's
2: fine. (laughs) Modem to modem. Always takes me back to the AOL days. All right.
1: Net, when net zero. was
2: the third...
1: Yeah, exactly. I hear is some it, in the
2: audience right now. Dial up. It's nine ninety five, but
6: it's called Net zero. When
2: was the third edition first printed?
6: By March 1976, when this edition went to the printer, the total worldwide membership of Alcoholics Anonymous was conservatively, conservatively estimated at more than 1 million, with almost 28,000 groups meeting in over 90 countries.
2: That was a three-parter that I failed to read the other two questions. Next paragraph. Uh, was AA reaching more a wider range of alcoholics?
7: Surveys of groups in the United States and Canada indicate that that, that AA is reaching out, uh, not only to more and more people, but to a wider and wider range.
2: Was the number of women al- members increasing?
3: Women now make up more than one-fourth of the membership. Among new members, the proportion is nearly one-third.
2: Was AA reaching younger alcoholics?
5: 7% of the AAs surveyed are less than 30 years of age, among them many in their teens.
2: Next paragraph. Was AA finding that the program was effective for all alcoholics, regardless of anything and everything?
8: The basic principles of the AA program, it appears hold good for individuals with many different lifestyles, just as the program has brought recovery to those of many different nationalities.
2: Was the program of AA finding its way into distant lands and being translated
6: into different languages? The 12 steps that summarize the program may be called Los Doce Pasos in one country, Les douze Etapes in another, but they trace exactly the same path to recovery that was blazed by the earliest members of Alcoholics Anonymous. Next paragraph. Has the
2: growth of the fellowship changed the simplicity of the program?
5: In spite of the great increase in the size and the span of fellowship, it is and its core, at its core, it remains simple and personal.
2: What is the program of Alcoholics Anonymous really about?
8: Each day, somewhere in the world, recovery begins when one alcoholic talks with another alcoholic, sharing experience, strength, and hope.
1: And now we're in the forward to the fourth edition. Fourth
2: edition. When was the fourth edition first published?
8: This fourth edition of Alcoholics Anonymous came off press in November 2001 at the start of a new millennium.
2: Ooh. Very exciting. Uh, the next one is um, a five-parter. Uh, when, yeah. <laughs> Hold on to your shorts. When, the, when was the third edition first published? What happened to the membership? What was the membership estimated to be in 2001? How many groups were there? And in how many countries can AA be found? Okay. Since the third edition was published in 1976, worldwide membership of AA has just about doubled to an estimated 2 million or more, with nearly 100,800 groups meeting in approximately 150 countries around the world. Next paragraph is a two part question what has played a major role in our growth and what striking phenomenon had occurred over that 25 year period
7: literature has played a major role in aa's growth and a striking phenomenon of the past quarter century has been the explosion of translations of our basic literature into many language and dialects
2: when an aa seed was planted what happened
8: in country after country where the A seed was planted, it had taken root slowly at first and then growing by leaps and bounds when literature had become available.
2: How many translations of the big book were there in two thousand one?
9: As the message? Currently? Pay attention, B. currently, Alcoholics Anonymous has been translated into forty three languages.
2: Forty three. Uh, what has been the result of reaching greater number of people?
6: As the message of recovery has reached larger numbers of people, it has also touched the lives of a vastly greater variety of suffering alcoholics. In
2: 1939, who did the phrase, we are people who normally not mix, refer to?
10: When the phrase, we are, the pe- we are people who normally would not mix, page 17 of this book, was written in 1939, it referred to a fellowship composed largely of men and a few women with quite similar social, ethnic, and economic, and economic backgrounds.
2: Like so much of our basic text, what have those words proved to be?
10: Like so much of AA's basic text, these words have proven to be far more original than the founding members
2: could ever have imagined. What do the stories added to this edition represent?
11: The stories added to this edition represent a membership whose characteristics of age, gender, race, and culture have widened and have deepened to encompass virtually everyone the first 100 members could have hoped to reach.
2: Next paragraph, two-parter. What has our literature accomplished and how are the sweeping changes in our society reflected?
6: While our literature has preserved the integrity of the AA message, sweeping changes in society as a whole are reflected in new customs and practices within the fellowship.
2: How are some of us taking advantage of technological advances?
6: Taking
11: advantage of technological advances. For example, AA members with computers can participate in a meeting online and sharing with fellow alcoholics across the country or around the world
2: or via podcast, like this meeting? What is the difference between online meetings and home group meetings? In any meeting,
6: anywhere, AAs share experience, strength, and hope with each other in order to stay sober and help other alcoholics.
2: Uh, In any meeting, anywhere, what are we responsible to do?
12: Modem to modem or face to face, AAs speak the language of the heart in all its power and simplicity.
1: Mm. So, who here has been with us since the beginning of our journey through the Big Book from page zero? Yeah. Excellent. So, from page zero, yeah, you, who, yeah, that's a lot of people. So, uh, next week we're going to be in the doctor's opinion. Whoop, whoop which is the beginning of the meat and potatoes. I've always liked meat and potatoes. Me too. Oh, is, is this? Okay. Yes. Okay, good.
7: I'm Jessica, i a recovered alcoholic. Hi, hey, Jessica. Hi, Dave. So the one thing I, I... This is muckety-muck. You know, we read a lot, and when I'm booking, I'm like, uh... We'll read it. Hurry up. You read one, I'll read one. But like, you know what? Each day, I like this one on the third edition. Each day somewhere in the world, recovery begins when one alcoholic talks with another alcoholic, sharing experience, strength, and hope. So like I work graveyards at IHOP and I get some random people that come in and, you know, I'm empath- empathetic and I, uh, you know, kind of nosy. And uh, try to, like, dig in what's going on and where they're from and what they're doing up at 3.30 in the morning, crying their eyes out. And, you know, it's cool because a lot of times, you know, they're suffering from the same illness that I have. And, um, like, the other day this girl comes in and she's crying, but she's got, like, seven years sober, but she's still crying. And, like, she had an issue, and, like, I was able to, like, talk her down and like give her some coffee and like didn't even know she was in, um, you know, in recovery until after I shared me, you know, and then she was like, wow. And I'm like, well, this is just what it's about. This is what God does for us, you know? And then like, I've actually picked up a couple of sponsees at IHOP, which is pretty (laughs) cool too, you know? And I, and I'm just like, you know, stop talking I'll start booking with you on Tuesday. And that's the one thing about this group and the people that I've met in this journey of this book book study for me is that I wasn't taught to like, okay, when I reached out to a newcomer, I wasn't taught for that newcomer to wait to call me. I was taught to call that newcomer. And I would after a few times. And then, you know, you put your, you know, you reach your, you can't make them drink the water, but. You let them know you're here. And I, you know, I would call them and I'd be like, hey, what's up? How you doing? Let them know I love them and just to call. It's the stupidest thing. Like I can run out in the hood and jump through trap houses and in and out of cars and, you know, cop dope from anybody. But God forbid I call some stranger to ask for help. I'm like terrified. You know, <laughs> like it's the dumbest thing. And like, I don't get it. Like it's a oxymoron. Anyway, so that's one thing I loved about this group and sitting down and reading the big book because line for line. Because really, if you would have told me to read the 150, you know, what is it, the first 164 pages, go read it, and it's like, you know, that whole, um, you know, for that when it gets really boring and you're like, what does that mean? The war fever ran high in New England town, which. You know, it's like, whatever, I'm not, let's go back to NA or CA where we can like hang out and dance. (laughs) So anyway, I like that you can sit down and you know, you have a leader, you're being told to go to meetings, you're being pretty much told and advised what to do to help you like insanity go away better every day. And that's what I needed. Some people really need that direction. Some people really need that um, because we're completely and um, we just don't know how to live, no matter what. So when you become willing enough to be guided by somebody that God has brought to you in your life, because I don't believe, you know, I love my chase, but it's not about my chase. God put my chase here, you know. uh, My chase is doing God's work, you know, in that. That's, you know, I say I love Mike Chase and thank God for him. But, yeah, you know, thank God for God that put Mike Chase here to help us, you know, and this group of people that are dedicated for putting all this up for us, you know. And, yeah, so that was really cool. I like that because anywhere, anywhere, you can talk, even on a plane, anywhere, you can talk to people and they're they're, they're hurting just like you and they're complete strangers, you know it's kind of cool how like I don't know if you can relate that like sometimes you can just completely vent your whole life on a complete stranger but you can't like even tell your girlfriend or boyfriend somebody that you love what you're really going through it's like kind of interesting I always thought that that was interesting yeah. so it's kind of the same thing but thanks for letting me share thanks, thanks for sharing. sharing
1: I was just informed by Mike S that at uh, six thirty next week we're going to be having a dance right here nice <laughs> Impromptu.
8: Kelly, recovered alcoholic. Hey, Kelly, okay. this part. Um, taking advantage of technology, technological advances, for example, AA members with computers can participate in meetings online, sharing with fellow alcoholics across the country or across the world. In any meeting, anywhere, AA share experience, strength, and hope with each other in order to stay sober and help other alcoholics, modem to modem or face to face. The coolest thing happened the other day. I have a sponsee sister who lives in Montana. So I'm going to give a shout out to Kelly in Montana. They called me the other day. She's in Montana. She told me her closest meeting is somewhere on the border of in Canada. And she has to drive like an hour and a half to get to a meeting. And so she came here last year. And she always loves to listen to these meetings online. And like we're her home, she connected and found friends and family here that she connects to, you know. And she just like randomly reached out to me. And how cool is that that she can get online and listen to us spread the message that she needs to hear of recovery? She doesn't have to drive an hour and forty-five minutes in the mountains in the snow and you know whatever. I've never been to Montana, but you know she. I, I'm gonna go. She said I could ride her horses when I go. Nice. <laughs> But that's just really cool—the the modern advances of technology that we can connect with each other anywhere, anytime, anyplace.
2: Amen. Yeah, I've heard stories of guys cross-country skiing miles and miles and miles just to get to a relay service to talk to their sponsor. You know, likewise to do the same thing to get to a meeting. And you know, I get all bent out of shape if I have to come—you know, forty-five minutes to go speak at a
1: meeting or something. And it's
2: like, oh man, it's so far.
1: This is, uh, there, there's different spots in this book where it's kind of like a check if I'm reading the book with, with a, a new person, and it's, the part here is one of the first checks for me. It's like, modem to modem or face to face, A, speak the language of the heart in all its power and simplicity. And it's like, well, did I just speak the language of the heart, or did I like recite and try to spit fire and sound profound and tell them everything I knew, or did I speak the language of the heart in all its power and simplicity? And so the big book actually kind of keeps me in check, because I, if I follow the book, on the path,
2: hey amen. Yeah, there's a guy, uh, I love that, it, um, talks about the language of the heart, and he's like, You can always, you always know when you're speaking the language of the heart because you never remember it, right? Like, you can get up in front of a group and you, you're prayed up and you're connected and you're feeling it, and you know, your house is clean and in order, and you know, you, you speak, and then you're like, Man, I have no idea what you said, but all these people are like, Oh my gosh, that was great, and you're like, Thank you, God, because I have no idea. Or you hear something come out of your mouth and you want to write it down, but you can't because it's God. And it's like your ego is the one that wants to take credit for that. Or, you know, you say something to somebody at some point and years later they come back and like, oh, man, you said this thing to me. And do you remember what you said? And I'm like, no, what was it? You know, and the, like. oh, man, that sounds good. I said that, you know, it's like <laughs> that's how you know it was God using you for that moment in time to give that person what they needed. Um You know, and and, uh, we have nothing to do with it. We're just the channel, and and, uh, God uses us as he sees fit. So that's pretty cool.
1: All right. Should we close up? I think so. I think it's about time. All right. This is from A Vision for You, page 164. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But you obviously cannot transmit something you haven't got. It is the practice of the Fort Lauderdale primary purpose big book study group for group members sponsors to introduce their new sponsees by presenting them with a sponsorship medallion. Would anybody like to introduce a sponsee to AA? We have a medallion. If you have a sponsee, come on up. All right. Here it goes.
7: Jessica, I'm a recovered alcoholic. Hey, Jessica. And um, I've been working with Pierce for a little while, and I'm really proud of her. And she's showing the willingness to show up and, you know, put down the ego and get closer to God. So here you go.
2: Welcome.
12: Recovered alcoholic, my name's Tanner. What's up, Tanner. Um, I've been working with Mattia now for about a little over a month, I'd say, and I gotta say he is willing, he asks a lot of questions, and he keeps coming back, so I mean, he must want it, so I'm not scaring him away, so I give you Mattia.
2: <laughs> Welcome. Is there anyone celebrating a year or more of sobriety that would like a medallion?
1: All right, all right. We'll see you next week for the year and a cake. Maybe mm,
2: Is there cake next week?
1: I don't know. I'll be here.
2: Is there anyone that's in need of a big <laughs> book sponsor? Raise your hands. All right. If you're too shy, feel free to ask a group member afterwards.
1: Uh, if you'd like to become a member of this group, please join us after the meeting to fill out a membership card. I think did we already do that. No. Okay. You just did. Fill out a membership card. If you want to become a member,
2: can all home group members raise your hands? We will see you right after the meeting to help break down. Oh, we got a lot of them. I
1: like it. <laughs> uh, thank you all for joining us tonight. We hope to see you next week at this meeting. And on Thursday evening is going to be the Pat R, and he's doing the Step Series. The Pat R. The man. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's not. He's out. Guest speaker. Okay. It's actually the Tom R. And the following week, Pat will be back. Okay, but Tom is amazing. He did this meeting, the Thursday meeting here, in this very room not too long ago, and it was excellent. My mom heard it. She's not even an alcoholic, and she just thought it was incredible. She was talking about it for weeks.
2: (laughs) Wow, (laughs) this I got to see.
1: It's a historical talk about what went into putting the fellowship together, and he's a historian. And chair throwing. Maybe.
2: (laughs) A lot of love. Uh, Please wait until you are at least 75 feet away from the doors to... Light up your cigs or do your vapey things. Um, Actually, we have special privilege for the vapors now. They can uh, go out here on the balcony if they're going to help break down the room. So there is more benefits to service than you think.
13: Mm.
2: So we are going to close now with the Lord's Prayer. Whose Father? Our Father.
1: on Thursday for Tom R. Tom R.
13: is heavy, short as thirsty, body's aching. I am desperately in need of restoration. Stop your sign baby, and be happy again. Yes, and keep on smiling. Keep on smiling.
10: When I go to sleep at night, and I dream now, uh-huh. fear has left me and I'm standing tall. A pile of bricks now lies where once there stood a wall that I hid behind. you since when i go to sleep at night and i dream now yeah i dream now and everything's all right <laughs> oh man going on 10 years old that song is god bless i love you mike chase bye
13: soul as far as the